Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only and amazing Anna Kelly. Hi, Anna. Hi, Michael. Good to be here with you, as always. It's my favorite part of my Wednesdays. Oh, that is so awesome. We love to hear it. The audience loves you. Uh, you've been given a sign for three years. It's amazing. You have the, the biggest playlist on the channel. It's, it's uh, the longest history. It's, it's been awesome. So thank you so much. Thank you. So I have to ask a question. You and I have been in this game of money for 20, 30 years. We're, we're, we're older than probably the average viewer on the channel, at least based on my statistics. Shh. <laughs> uh, but I saw something this morning that I just had to ask you. So the 10-year note, uh, down again this morning, at least when I saw it last, it was below seven. It was below. It was below three point seven five. That is interesting to me because I believe the federal funds rate is three point seven five to four percent. So what the heck does that mean? The Fed funds is a is above the the ten year. That can't be good. That has to be unusual, right? I mean, that's crazy. It is unusual. You know, the other thing is Thank we, goodness. yeah, it is definitely unusual. And and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, there, there's going to be some volatility in the bond market and the U.S. Treasury market, just like there is in the um, stock market, because there's still a lot of uncertainty, right? And really what it comes down to is, is typically the U.S. Treasury is considered to be the risk-free rate of return. It's the thing that it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. And you know, whatever that rate is shows people's um, confidence in the U.S. government and our ability to continue to pay on that that note and that bond. And so the fact that it's now below the Fed funds rate is very, very rare. And it usually shows that there's continued uncertainty um, of where things it's going to go. On a positive note, though, it had been closer to four a, a week or two ago. And I, I think it actually exceeded for for a brief time as well. So the higher that rate is, the more investors are demanding for the risk of owning that particular asset. And so as treasuries go higher and higher, it shows that there's more concern about the long-term outlook of the US government and its ability to pay. So if the if if um fed funds rates are going up, People obviously want more for treasuries, right? Um, the Fed fund rates are going up. The, the fact that treasuries didn't rise really, really quickly showed that at least a lot of institutional investors are saying, hey, while we think there's pain over the next couple of years, we're getting more confident that the Fed is going to start uh, getting a hold of inflation before 10 years from now, such that we're willing to take a little bit lower rate of return than what we were a week ago. I think there's a couple of things that we should talk about and discuss. So historically, there's this, uh, you know, yield curve inversion is is talked about a lot. Yes. Most of the time it's referred to as the two and 10, right? The two year yes. above the 10 year, which we have, ha we have been there for a long time. The one that you really should watch is the three month and the 10 year. So I have it up here. I'll just read the numbers as of 
8.30 a.m. on Wednesday. So the three-month is 4.22. The 10-year is 3.73. So that's almost 50 basis points of yield curve inversion. That typically, if you listen to all the talking heads, points to a recession somewhere between six and 18 months out. I think that's fair. It's been my history as well. I think everybody thinks 2023 is going to be either a, uh, it's going to be a recession. Um, what do you think about that? I have one more point, but let's let's talk about that first. Sure. Yeah, it is a pretty good indicator. I mean, most of the economists use the two and 10 spread, but the three month, you know, shows even more like over the next few months, how confident are investors um, and what type of risk premium and a return are they expecting because of their confidence or lack of confidence. So both the, the three month and the two year are inverted and have been for a little bit showing that overall investors, especially institutional investors, do not have strong confidence in continued growth of the U.S. economy. They believe that we're heading into some pain, as Powell likes to say, some softening, um, and probably some some higher unemployment rates, um, lower growth, and and a recession. So I I think that the yield curve. I will say this: the two and ten has been the most consistent predictor of when you will have a recession of any other indicator that's tracked. Um, and I think the fact that the three month is now there as well, it shows that we are most likely in for recession within the next three months. Um, we might already be there, right? We're starting to see the the layoffs, but again, whether it's declared or not, it's not declared for months into the future. So, you know, we're starting to see recessionary conditions already. Um, but I would bank on based on these numbers that that probably within the next two quarters we will be in an official recession. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I've been, I, you know, I called the recession, you know, nine months ago that we'd have one Q1, Q2 of next year. It could be Q4, Q1 at this point. I think it'll be housing led recessions, so all of that stuff. I do think there is one more interesting point. I mean, just uh, I'm just going to read you some of the, the numbers since I have them here. The one year treasury is at 4.61. The two years at 4.37. The 10 year is at 3.73. And just for fun, the 30 year, 3.9. Why, why did I read those? I think not only the recession indicator, I actually think as a housing person, one of the things that these numbers are telling us is the bond market doesn't believe that the Fed is going to have to go as high, right? If you look at all the indicators pre-CPI, so we're talking Tuesday of last week, people were starting to talk about 6% terminal rate and 10% mortgages Tuesday. That has now left the building. I believe now we're going to hear about, I, my guess hasn't changed, 5% terminal rate. The highest I hear today is five and a half. So that's come down. Um, you know, now I, I think the range is four, seven, five to five and a quarter. I, I'm picking five. But more importantly, mortgage rates. Uh, I think we've seen, we could have seen peak rates, right? That kind of fear the Fed keeps going 75, 75, 75. We've seen margin, right? The 10 year to mortgage rate margin was you know almost 3% or it was over 3% for a time historically it's 1.7 to 2.1 right? right so i think what we're seeing is we saw peak fear i think the bond market is telling us the fed doesn't have to go as high that's what i think the bond market is saying now the fed's going to keep talking tough because they only have two tools the fund rate and talk uh, but i think the numbers are starting to tack up or or, or stack up that they're not going to go as high so we're almost done, I guess, is my long rambling statement. 
Yeah, I, I hope you're right, Michael. And, you know, looking back at history, um, the question is, how sticky is inflation, right? How transitory, right? Sticky is the opposite of transitory. Transitory means it's going to kind of go through the system and the Fed will get it under control and then it's going to go away. Sticky means it's here to stay for a while, right? And if you look at just inflation as a whole, I think that numbers are starting to show that it it could be trending down a little bit month over month, three month over three month, et cetera. Um, the thing that I think we just have to be aware of is the fact that um, the, the housing number in inflation is lagged significantly. And it's it represents housing costs lower than what they really are just because of the formula. So with potential with winter here, right? It I actually had snow flurries and sleet here in central Pennsylvania yesterday and wow. went. I, I see no evil. Already. <laughs> Already. What? Um, so with winter here, energy costs high, you know, continued um, conflict between Russia and Ukraine, rumbles of other conflict, food shortages. I'm not so sure that inflation with regard to food, energy, and housing isn't more sticky and that the Fed won't have to keep whatever that terminal rate is a little bit longer, right, yeah, in order I'm, to bring it down. So yeah. we saw in the 70s up and down and up and down, and they thought they got a hold of it, and then they didn't, and it went back up. I think some of our demographics are a little softer than they were in the 70s that could keep some of that from happening. But we still have very strong unemployment numbers and very strong wages. And if people continue to be employed and spend – some of that inflation is going to be elevated for a while. Now, I do think it's going to come down, but I don't necessarily agree with those that think the Fed's going to tackle it. It'll be done. They'll stop at five and then instantly rates are going to come down. They've basically said, we're going to watch. We're going to get it up to, to restrictive, which means keeping people from wanting to spend, hopefully restrictive enough to bring down inflation. Then they're going to leave it there for a while and watch. And we have to remember these things take time. Generally speaking, from the time that the Fed stops raising rates and holds them, it's like another year, 18 months before they stopped, you know, drop those rates and it's recessionary enough. So I do think that we will see those elevated rates, elevated treasuries, elevated mortgage rates. I'm guessing for 18 months or so, unless, unless the Fed breaks the credit markets. And then that's a whole nother story. If we have financial crisis, lots of different things that could happen, they'll have no choice but to lower the rate more rapidly. Um, but to your point about mortgage rates, and I think this is really important when you talk about the delta or the spread, you know, the, the spread that lenders charge you for a rate, the reason they're charging so much more than the, the increase in the Fed funds rate is because of the volatility index. They, they, don't, know, they don't know which way it's going to go. They don't know how long this is going to last. So because they haven't been able to predict, they're just saying, hey, we need a higher risk premium. We need more money to take the risk of your mortgage in case rates don't do what they want them to do or they go higher. Um, I, I did see mortgage rates just dropped a little bit, right, despite the Fed fund rate going up. So that's showing that the lenders are getting a little less nervous. They're hopeful that inflation starts to come down. They don't need to you know, charge quite as much of a spread. And to your point, if the Fed funds rate stops at five, which I tend to think the Fed is going to stop at five, they've said first neutral was four to four and a half, CPI and PPI were higher than they wanted. Now they're talking five, five and a
second quarter. I think that that means. Yeah, you broke up there just for a second, but I, I got most of that. It's OK. OK. Yeah. So uh, the last thing I want to say about inflation is it, I, I think everybody is wrong because when I read I, when I read about inflation, there's two talk tracks. One is it's going to fall over really, really fast. And then the other one is it's going to stay uh, elevated for longer. I actually think inflation has three components. There is a portion of it that is easy, right? Mm -hmm. And when I say easy, I mean months. It rolls off in months. I believe there's a part of it that's hard, which I believe rolls off in quarters. And then, unfortunately, I believe we are in a structurally inflationary environment, which will roll off very hard. So if those three things are true, the only question is now, what are the percentages? How much of 8% right. and picking a number is easy, hard, and very hard. Um, I, 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 it really annoys me that everybody talks about inflation as being equal. It's not equal. It's, there are some parts that are very, very easy. They're all, right. maybe, maybe we go from eight to six by March. That would be fast. Yes. yes. Are we going to go from eight to two by March? No chance. No, no chance. So no. yeah, I think we need to figure out what's hard and what's very hard. Cause I think a lot of people, a lot of people are celebrating the easy, not yes. realizing that that sugar high will be over in 90 days. And then folks, we get into the hard and Absolutely. that's not going to be any fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And I've been, the more I, the more we're getting into deeper inflation and, and some softening, right? I keep saying, and I've been saying for a year, I think we're going to have more of a stagflation than we are pure inflation or pure recession. And that means that certain parts of the economy are shrinking, like reduced GDP that puts us into a recession, and other parts of the economy are continuing to, to grow enough to cause inflation, right? And so it's not um, homogenous across all asset classes, across all areas of the country, um, all industries, right? And so the core three for me that I see elevated at least what you called hard longer than a couple of quarters, right, um, is housing. Even if prices come down, interest rates are up. It's less affordable. Rents are going up. It's less affordable. Food. There are a lot of food shortages starting to happen, and food is continuing to rise in certain areas and probably will as long as there's supply chain issues and conflict with Russia and Ukraine. Um, and then the other is energy, you know, coming through the, the winter, oil producers, gas producers have been disincentivized to keep producing because of clean energy policies that are saying, hey, we're not going to let you keep doing this. We want to switch. So they're not investing money in research and development and efficiencies to drive down energy prices over the long term. So as long as there's this conflict and maybe some reshuffling of supply chains between countries, who's going to produce, who's going to sell, et cetera. I expect energy prices to stay higher too. And then the last thing, the question is wages, right? So people are on a different, I listen to lots of economists and some say like you and I, um, that there's certain parts of the economy where we're gonna see elevated inflation probably forever, right? Um, and food, energy, and housing is are three of those things, um, as well as wage inflation, right? Because as we have fewer and fewer people, and the working class demographic has receded. There are less people working today, not the unemployment rate per se, but the labor participation rate throughout the entire world. 
uh, demographics are, are coming down. Working population is coming down. And so that means slower production. But if you have slower production and, and more jobs you know, available, less people working, that's going to make wage inflation, in, in the view of many economists, a little sticky and keep that elevated. So I think we're going to have this stagflation. I don't think we're going to get back to 2% inflation overall for a couple of years. And it wouldn't surprise me, Michael, just looking at uh, the demographics and listening to lots of economists, you know, 20 years older than I am, 30 years older than I am that have all the data. Um, if if 2% goes away and we say, you know, the central banks say, hey, the new era of inflation is three or four and it's going to stay there um, and a lower growth future over the next decade than what we've seen in the past. So that's kind of my prediction, uh, whether it's right or not, we'll see. That's awesome. Anna, where can people find you? Great. You can find me here every week and on my playlist. You can find me social media at Anna Kelly REI Mom and my website, reimom.com. Awesome. Thank you so much.